And for a lot of people, being alive as a black person is criminal enough to warrant execution. And people consistently get away with it if that person, that perpetrator, is white. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Joshua Self, host of the show, Self Shoots from the Hip, where we talk about uh, black culture, pop culture, and pretty much anything that I really feel like merits a discussion. Started a new Twitter for Self Shoots from the Hip. You can find it at Self Shoots. Uh, hit me up if you want to ever do a collab or you want me to talk about something in particular. So first... You got to start off. Uh, you know, COVID-19 is still doing its rampage, but things have definitely got interesting. So I'm going to shoot from the hip for just a minute. We got these murder hornets. And I don't know, they haven't really done a whole lot. I imagine they're going to be similar to the killer African bees, if you remember from some years ago, where there's like this really big deal, and yet it ends up not really doing anything. It's like, yeah, okay, all right, whatever. Miami has had, like, its longest streak of no murders since, like, the 1800s, which is pretty fucking phenomenal. Uh, hopefully this trend continues, although I imagine that once everybody is fully open, it will end pretty quickly. On the flip side, though, unfortunately, uh, domestic violence is up in most areas, even if more heinous crimes like murder is down. You know, people are opening up, um, you know, partially uh, across the U.S. And I don't know if you guys have seen any horror movie before, but they always end with a little tidbit that the villain, you know, whether it's a creature, a monster, a person, isn't actually quite dead. You know, like, they always have a way to come back, you know. So we have people, you know, opening up um, different cities, different states, and having to shut immediately back down. Why? Because coronavirus is not done yet. Like, it's just getting fucking started. But you want to know what is done? Uh, Georgia, a few weeks ago, said, hey... It's okay for our teenagers to drive without taking a test. They don't have to take a written test. They don't have to take uh, a road test. Because, hey, if you need a license, just ask your parents. And if the parents give you okay, you can get a license. And he's uh, had to walk it back. You know, they've retracted that. They're like, you know what? Actually, we're going to have these kids take a road test. And to be honest, like... Having kids jump on the road without having to take a road test is absolutely ridiculous. Like, who fucking thought this was a good idea? Um, half the people who are on the road right now are terrible drivers and don't actually need to be on the road. And so to give teenagers uh, permission to drive, and all they had to do was just have their mom or their dad give the okay, that seemed like a terrible idea, and they've had to walk it back. I'm curious to see, like, the accident rates. Um once this year is over with, 
Well, some people's decisions during this uh, crisis have been questionable at best and uh, quite terrible at worst. There are a few people who have had some really fucking genius ideas. There's a, uh, a strip club in Oregon, the Lucky Devil Lounge, that decided to revamp and kind of remodel, uh, change this whole paradigm so its people could still work. Uh, take a listen. Devil Lounge in Portland, Oregon was forced to close its doors in March. It had no choice but tried to pivot to stay afloat. Armed with a nimble staff and working kitchen, the exotic dance club turned into a takeaway food service with a suitable twist. All of our strippers now are go-go dancers. The other ladies have pivoted from stripping to delivering food. Yeah, let's do it. Our bartenders are phone tenders, answering phones and taking orders. And then all of our security guards are now drivers, so they're providing uh, all that safety for the dancers. Lucky Devil Eats came first. Food delivered to your door by the dancers in risque attire. And food to go-go quickly followed. A drive-through carryout featuring burlesque-style dance numbers. Man, that's, like, incredible. Like, who didn't come up with this idea, like, years and years ago? I mean, people like strippers, uh, people like food, and having them put together in a more convenient way um, seemed like someone would have had this thought already. Like, yeah, technically, strip clubs usually sell, like, wings and shit like that, but no one goes to a strip club for the wings. But if you kind of minimize the strip club aspect, um... The food becomes more important, you know, like who wouldn't want to just run through a drive through and see some naked ladies on the way? Like That seems genius to me or like to have food delivered to your door. But instead of like, you know, this 50 year old fat uh, DoorDash guy, you know, it's like a 19 year old hottie that's halfway dressed, you know? Seems like simple math to me. Like, I would probably buy food that I don't necessarily even want just so I could have a, a, a cute Uber Eats delivery person show up at my door with a big smile and maybe she's wearing, like, a jacket or something, and that's it. And it's like, oh, nice. So I get, like, a free flash and some food. Uh, it seems like a pretty good thing. Like, uh, I, I tip for that, you know. Uh, hopefully my wife doesn't get too upset about that segment. So over the weekend, I did my 2.23 in support of Aubrey. And it's it's tiresome to have to return to this type of a topic, but it's important to really speak on it. It was the kind of thing that black people had to deal with, you know, on a day-to-day basis. It's something that we are living our lives with this knowledge me as a black man, um, I don't consider myself to be physically imposing, but I know on several occasions I have frightened people by my presence, even if I'm not that big of a guy. And taking this type of thing into account, unfortunately, I'm often in a position where I have to try to make myself appear less threatening and it's less for the comfort of someone else 
who would be incorrectly afraid of me and more for my own safety because if someone is afraid of me they're much more likely to lash out violently and as it stands i actually happen to like being alive so it, it's um something that i had to manage particularly when i go to areas that are mostly white people trying to not be intimidating trying to not you know tower over people um not be too aggressive um, you know, kind of minimize my appearance in a sense because I don't want them to be uncomfortable with me being there. And that's fucked up. And see, with this Arbery case, he fit a description which is in their mind um, what they would consider a criminal to look like. Um, they've done studies that show that when people don't actually know who the criminal is, their default is a black person. We'll just assume it was a black guy. And so for this guy to be running through the neighborhood where he lived, for some white people to see him and assume that he's up to no good and use the thinnest of excuses to take his life. Uh, the video has circulated now. Um, the only people that haven't seen it are those that live under a rock. And as far as I'm concerned, if you live under a rock, please stay there because your opinion and your contributions are minimal and not really worth the effort. Please keep it to yourself. Stay, stay under that rock. These guys had legal connections, unfortunately, and there wasn't even any uh, legal action really taken against them before the video surfaced. And after the video surfaced, now there's intense pressure um, for people to get involved. Like now something has to be done or it looks bad, extremely bad. Like lawsuits will be coming at them bad. And that's the terrible part is that no one was going to do anything to prosecute the men who ambushed Aubrey while he was jogging. And when you look at the case, when you look at how they tried to defend themselves to claim it was a citizen's arrest, which they didn't meet the requirements for a citizen's arrest. A citizen's arrest requires that you witness a crime happening. They did not witness the crime happening. So they really don't have a self-defense uh, self claim because they're um, conducting a citizen's arrest. So basically, they killed this guy. They knew where he was coming. They blocked the road with their vehicle. And they had their friend ride behind Aubrey, filming the entire thing. And their friend actually thought he was going to exonerate them by releasing the video. That's how stupid racists are. Like, unfortunately, the bar for racism is very low. But... It's good for us, you know, for the people on the other side of racism, the bar for racism being very low is very beneficial. You know, like our lives are improved greatly because racists tend to be very dumb. You know, so having someone get killed for being black isn't new. Um, it is newsworthy. And I hate that it's something that we have to go through all the fucking time. But it gets better. We had 
a failed police raid that ended up killing a woman, a black woman. They were searching for someone who they already had in custody. You know, broke into her home, killed her. You know, she was an EMT and Breonna Taylor really didn't do anything but be alive. And for a lot of people, being alive as a black person is criminal enough to warrant execution. And people consistently get away with it if that person, that perpetrator, is white. And that's the fucked up part about it. Like, people assume that black people are up in arms because white people are killing black people. That's not the case. We are up in arms because when a white person kills a black person, they don't get penalized for it. If I, a black man, kill another black person, everyone on the face of the fucking planet knows that it's wrong. I'll get arrested, I'll get convicted, and I'll serve whatever my sentence is. If a white person kills another white person, everyone on the planet knows that it's wrong. That person will get arrested, get tried, convicted, serve whatever sentence he gets. But if a white person kills a black person, especially if they have a badge, what happens? Paid administrative leave, fucking vacation. Like, seriously? I mean, I feel like if I'm a police officer and I'm a white guy, like, man, I already used up all my PTO for the year. But you know what? If I kill a nigger, that's at least two weeks free. I can just sit home, twiddle my thumbs, still get paid? Like, it's basically open season on niggers. And it, it, it's terrible. I hate talking about it, but it has to be said. It has to be addressed. Um, There was a man named Sean who was running from police. Now, he should not have been running from police. He shouldn't have been involved in whatever he was involved in. But he recorded the um, incident on Facebook Live. Like, he was on live streaming. Um, He jumps out of his car. He's running. He gets killed. Like, he gets shot from uh, a ways away. The police walk over to where his body is. And because of the way live works, like he hadn't stopped streaming. So you can hear them talking about, um, oh, that's going to be an open casket or a closed casket. And you can hear them laughing and joking about this black man they just killed. And that's terrible. You know, like clearly they had no idea that he was streaming at the time. But getting a glimpse into the thoughts of someone, how people act when they believe that no one is watching. It's a terrible thing. And I don't believe that all police officers are criminals. I don't believe that all police officers have it out for black people. The problem is that enough of them are, and the rest of them tend to look the other way. And that's, that's where the issues lie. The issue isn't that a police officer killed someone. It's that... They kill someone and everyone else thinks it's okay. Like, no one's willing to step up and say, hey, 
you don't need to kill these people just because they're there. The fleeing felon rule was done away with because white cops were executing black men legally. Oh, he's running away. Bang. He's dead. So they got rid of that because it, it was getting out of hand. Like It was way too fucking much. And for this man to be killed in the back like this is terrible. And for them to then laugh about it, to joke about it, knowing that they just snuffed this man's life. Is, are these the type of people that we really want to be our police officers? Is this what law enforcement is actually supposed to be like? Like I can just giggle about killing somebody. I can just laugh about it because nothing of consequence has really happened. Like that's what makes this shit so serious, you know. That even in the midst of COVID nineteen and this economic downturn, some things stay the same, and it's still niggers getting killed by police. For being there. And even when there's video evidence, even when there's uh, so much that's stacked against them, they're still able to get away with it just because they're white police officers. My wife told me to put a little bit more of myself into my show. I had someone within my social circle pass away not too long ago. Uh, Mr. Keenan Jones. Before I get to Keenan, though, I have a a short story. A long time ago. Oh shit! This actually has been what eight years or something now? No, seven. Eesh. Am I old? Is this what aging feels like? Oh man! All right. So back when I was really um, one of the forerunners of. The magic community in Memphis. A man uh, passed away, in within my own community. You know, um, he was also a black man. He played in the Knoxville area for a long time, so we had some things in common. Um, we shared some conversations, but unfortunately, because of my ego at the time. Uh, who am I kidding? It's still there. We didn't really uh, get along that well, even though I didn't have any type of animosity towards him as a person. It was more I just had like this competitive spirit with him as a player. And it's impossible to really be friends with somebody that you're competing with. You know, you can't really have love for someone if you're always in competition with them. Which, that's just how it is. And he he passed away, but me being one of the leaders of the community at the time, I went to his wake. And at his wake, I met his father, and his father asked me um, how I knew his son. And I told him that we played magic together. And then he asked me one of the hardest questions someone's ever asked me before. He asked me, was his son good at magic now me being competitive in nature me um, having something to prove me wanting to be the best period I told him what I felt was the truth 
and I said that his son was not. And there was another player, uh, another Magic player, um, right beside me, and he immediately scolded me um, and jumped in and was like, oh, he was a great player. And he looked at me like I was crazy for saying that his son wasn't that good. You know, um, I told some of my friends about it, and my man Tudor got on me. He really got me. He was like, you don't do that. It was something that I didn't really understand at the time, but people want to know that um, their loved ones didn't waste their time, that what they were doing was not in vain, that there was some merit to their actions. And me, even though I was being honest to a degree, I could have definitely been more sensitive. I could have been more compassionate, more understanding that this man just lost his son. Um, And I didn't have the capacity to put away my ego to put away my competitive nature to be empathetic and, you know, understanding for this man's plight. So I, I really botched, um, you know, a, a going away moment for this man's son, which brings me to uh, Keenan Jones. Like he and I used to work together, um, for some years and we went on some trips together we were kind of in the same social circle outside of work for a a while he and I um, didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things I remember when I bought my first car that was 100% purchased by me you know, with my name on it, all the money that went into the car was from me. It was a 2006 Impala. And a couple months later, he bought an Impala. And he, he watched us and he was like, hey, I got um, the same kind of car you did, well, except mine is newer. And, you know, he, he had a, a newer model Impala, and I really just wanted to choke him right there. We had some discussions about who was a better rapper between Drake and Starlito. And if you don't know who Starlito is, there's your answer. You know, we had some some good conversations, some bad conversations. And it, it sucks that he passed away. You know, during this COVID crisis, uh, him dying, you know, he passed from cancer it really is a tragedy when anyone that young dies like he hadn't even made it to 30 yet so it's a fucked up situation but that's the reality of it and so um Mr. Kenan Jones you know the first guy to be on Migos before they were really even a thing you know like before they were popular and on the radio he was on them I mean Every day he's quoting something from one of their albums. Really, they're just like mixtapes back then. Like they hadn't really even signed to a label yet. So I, I hope you are resting in peace. You know, 
despite some of our disagreements, uh, we had gone to the strip club in Jackson and he let me borrow his chain, which is like, that's some real shit, you know? Rest in peace, man. Versace, Versace, Medusa head on me like I'm Luminati. I, I, I know that you like it. Versace, my neck and my wrist is so sloppy. Versace, Versace, I love it. Versace, the top of my eye. My plug is John Gotti. He give me the dust and I know that they mighty. Got it.